0: Did you happen to see pictures from Spiel of all the nice demo tables a lot of the vendors had? And you're wondering what most of those are? Those are Game Toppers, and you can have one yourself. To find out more, go over to GameToppersLLC.com. Hey, y'all. It's time for Rolling Dice and Taking Names, recorded live from Mega MooseCon. On today's episode, the guys talk about the games they played at the show, including the new Terra Mystica expansion, Merchant of the Seas, Stronghold Undead, Ankh-Or, and of course, the food they ate. Plus, Adam joins Marty to discuss how factions work in Games
1: Workshop Age of Sigmar. How did you have time to do all that and the grass? And welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode number 184. Enter the Sandman. I'm Tony. And I'm Marty. And we are coming to you from Mega Moose Con in the official green room. It's green. (laughs) <laughs> i didn't know they really had green rooms they
0: were, yeah this is more of a bridal suite i believe when uh the people can get ready and everything but the the, the walls are green and thank you to, uh con organizer mark Kell, for giving us this space we we're setting up out in the hall and it was kind of echoey and he's like yeah, it's kind of echoey in here do you guys want to go to another room and you were like i don't hear anything
1: it's like echo echo
2: echo echo
0: that's
1: uh, so i don't hear well but I get maybe it's not a gr- it's teal. Yeah, it has a rounded corner. I see that. So I, this only
0: has three corners in this room.
1: Well, you know, uh, people are like, "That's great that you're describing to us a room you're sitting <laughs> in on your audio podcast." I <laughs> know, <laughs> and, and they're like, "Oh my god!" So first it's off, it's going to be another one of those episodes. Yeah. Right? Yes, it is. Well, maybe we'll cut right to the chase and get to the food. The food, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, last time people actually noticed this, we mentioned
0: some games before we ever mentioned food. So yes. we tried to switch it up a little bit, and people were confused by that. It's like, wait a minute, usually I skip the first 15 minutes of
1: your show and get straight to the games, and then y'all covered games before then. I know, I don't know what's wrong, but we've had two big food events. Okay, yes, yes we have. We we just recovered from barbecue. yes. And I got to see my favorite thing. I got to see the ghost on the toilet. Mm -hmm. Now, Uh, for those who don't know, BBQ is? Is at your house on Saturday. (laughs) It's an event that occurs where Marty has everybody over. They decorate the house. It's beautifully decorated for Halloween. And our good friend Steve Gibbs, who designed the original Rolling Dice and Taking Names uh, logo. Yes. He throws a bunch of butts on the grill, some ribs, and everybody brings a side. I was in charge of the pasta salad this time. And put a uh, snuck a little green in there. Had a little broccoli, some edamame, and, you know, and then Donna doctored it up so it tastes good. Okay. He's scratching his back, for those of you who can't see. This and we had With the mic stand uh, the mic stand, and then we played games. Some of us played games, yes, some of us didn't. <laughs> <coughs> well, I was sitting there,
0: yeah, so, yeah. Please tell me this story because you walk in to an event where we're going to be playing games, and you just basically walk around. You told me you want to play, no, no,
1: you're just walking around. One of the things that I dislike is when someone's fixing to show up. All right. By the way, fixing is a thing down here in the South. We use interchangeably as one of our words. I'm fixing to, or there's fixings on the plate. We do, a, you know, go Google it, people. So, um, and i and Mark was going to show up at around one one thirty. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, well, y'all go ahead and get started playing your game that you're going to talk about. Um, what was the name of that again? Yaka Ono. H A K A space O N N O. It's a Japanese game.
0: It's a, ga- <laughs> it's a game from Japan. It's a Japanese game from WizKids Kids Games, which I'll talk about in a second. But yes, but, but yes. not to
1: get confused with John Lennon's wife,
0: which we ended up calling the game Yoko Ono a lot because it sounded a lot like that. Because one person plays as a ghost and it's Yoko Ona. And I would just say, I'm Yoko Ono, and I'm coming to get you. Anyway.
1: Yeah, so that was going on. And then um, Kevin and uh, I forget who else, uh, uh, Todd, and I forget who else. No. Um, okay, it doesn't really matter. doesn't matter. matter. People so, were showing up. And, uh, people were showing up. They sat down and played Terraforming Mars. Yes. And I'll come back to that. And
0: which, uh, <laughs> you keep coming back. All right? uh, so yeah, you're just, dropping these remember little breadcrumbs. Yes, yes, so yes, you're, yes, okay, yes. you'll back up. All right, so I'll back
1: up. <laughs> uh, and Mark was on his way. Okay. You, you said Mark would be here shortly after one. That's what he said. That's what he said. Or he told somebody. He told somebody, and he showed up at two twenty. Okay, yeah, which was, was not a little after one. But that's okay. Yeah. But I was thinking if he showed up, I would hate for him to come in and have two fairly long games, two to two and a half hours, and sit around doing nothing, which was my task. Well, that's a good friend. That's that's being looking out for other people that's very nice of you and then we went and played watergate and um i won mm-hmm. and he, As when he who, in. nixon
0: or the uh i was the editors,
1: editors. i was the editors. So it came down to the last play too so that once that game could, seems
0: to always come down a lot it's it's great, a great game great if game. you haven't played waterstone by Waterstone, wow
1: watergate. watergate by capstone that's where the stone came from i go check it out right and backing the truck up beep 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 so when you play a game and you're playing with people who have played it a lot yeah and you've only played it maybe uh, once or twice. You're talking about terraforming Mars. Yes. Okay. <laughs> terraforming Mars. If you know the cards and all that, yeah. there tends to be a disparity in points.
0: I totally agree. Yes. And we and those people who play a lot,
1: right? And they they're playing here at uh, Mega Moosecon. They're they were playing it again. And I've already been handed my hind end twice by Nate into Preta Porter, and Tapestry. Did I really want to have my hind end handed to me again in another game? That's fair. And so that's why I said, no, you guys go ahead. Because when, so- when you sit down and play a game like that, it's kind of like sitting at a blackjack table where you can mess up people who are really into it if you take cards when you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And they get mad at you. I could see me screwing the game up, you know, screwing up and throwing off strategy. And I don't want to do that.
0: But then then you could have sat down and played with us. But I guess you decided, well, I'll just wait until Mark shows up. There you go. And then ended up walking around for an hour doing nothing. I read rules. Of what?
1: A game that we didn't get to play, I'm sure. <laughs> you don't even remember (laughs) no i don't i don't remember that day is a blur well then can i go back and tell you about yoko ono if you want to or yoko ono did i back up the truck enough to get back to where i started i don't even know where you began well we started with enter the sandman wow so we're going all the way back to the very beginning of the show okay well that's because we were going to call this song space cowboys by steve miller but it's it's not not space cowboy
0: it's joker but we could have connected it to the movie Joker that's right now. Yes, I still haven't seen it. Uh-huh, but it's worth seeing. But anyway, uh, we could have connected to that, but we wanted to call it Space Cowboy because we're going to talk about a game later on by the company Space Cowboys. Some people call me the Space Cowboy, but that's not the name of the song because it's I'm a Joker. I'm a Toker. I'm a Midnight Smoker. Yes, but
1: the game we're going to talk about Ankh, Ankh. <laughs> on- this is going to be a long discussion. Yeah. Uh, it's A N K H, Ankh, but ankh. then an apostrophe
0: O R. So Ankh or, but it looks like
1: anchor. And it's set in the at Egyptian. The Egyptians, because we got the pyramid yeah. here, and therefore enter the sandman, sand, desert. Oh. Oh, there you go. It was kind of it took you a while to get there, but uh you, you did it. We got there. Yeah, you, you got there. All right. Tell me about this game where I saw you sitting over there watching people stack stuff and you were laughing like a little <laughs> like a little girl. Because I was playing as a little girl. Okay. See that lead-in? That's a lead-in.
0: That end. was an amazing Thank segue. You. So in this game, you play as a uh little girl who was, I don't know if she was murdered. They don't really tell the story, but her ghost haunts. Her house and these people come in. The other players are inside this house, and their goal is to want either escape or maybe put uh, this little girl's soul to rest by pairing her doll with her bones, thus releasing her spirit from the house. It's kind of freaky. So that's why I wanted to play it for BBQ because it's a Halloween-inspired game. So this is a one-versus-mini game. So I'm playing as the ghost, and my goal is basically kill him find them, kill them. I'm, I'm hiding out. Meanwhile, they're, they're walking around between rooms. You have a variable map set up and on their turn, they can move between rooms. They can peek at objects in the room. And those objects may be items that can help them in their search. Maybe they find my bones. Maybe they find a combination to a, a safe. They're trying to find a, determine a, a three-digit combination to a lock that they can get the keys to. And once they get the keys, they're looking for a secret door to escape the house. So basically, they'll walk around this house, looking under tiles, peeking. But here's the really cool part. Here's the stacking part, I believe you, you saw.
1: Yeah, I saw this, but I've got so many questions just from that. But go okay, on. no, what's your questions before you even get okay, to that? So first off, you're the ghost. Are you the, I'm the ghost. ghost of the girl? I'm the ghost of the girl. So why is it when you try to help ghosts and get you're trying to put her doll you're trying to help release her soul why is the ghost trying to seek revenge because she doesn't know that they're in there
0: trying to help them that's just one of the wind conditions it could be they're just trying to get out and not even help
1: her well why'd they go in the spooky house i don't know why they're in there (laughs) and and who who would have locked like how can a ghost unless it's patrick swayze from ghost be able to turn a dial to lock keys in there you you have a lot of valid questions that unfortunately i cannot answer i'm sorry if i'm blowing the theme up here <laughs> but i'm sitting here listening to you and i'm like what wait how does it i mean not that it's the fact that I, that it's a ghost and that ghost are real or anything i'm not going to go there i'm not going to try to blow that cuz you know people might get upset cuz some people may believe in ghosts i didn't even try to push on that one but I am like, why do you guys put a keys in a safe to lock it away so you can't? Because obviously, this ghost wants to kill him. And there he's got a count going. He's probably got little marks somewhere of all the she? people. She has gone come in and tried to help her and said, No, I don't want your help. So I'm going to kill them all. And I'm going to lock the keys so you can't get out. And you got to know the combo because I don't remember it. It's written down that you're peeking at. So anyway, you're stacking discs. <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: All right. So there's this little cardboard tile on the table that has a, like a little plastic nub on one corner of it. And on your turn, you have to take a wooden disc and lean it on that nub. If there's nothing there, you got to lean it on that nub so it's tilted a little bit. And then you get to take your turn. The next person takes another disc and tries to stack it on top of the existing disc. So you're making a stack of little disks, and eventually they're gonna fall because they're tilted to one side. Once somebody places a disk that causes a little stack of disks to fall, that makes noise. And all of a sudden the ghost is like, oh, I heard you. And actually when that happens, the ghost is, is supposed to scream. It actually says in the rules to scream. The play stops and then the ghost takes their turn. And so they had these special abilities that they find over the course of the game. Because one of the things they can find is like pages to her diary. And if they find a page to her diary, it unlocks a spell card that she can potentially use on her turn. That can do different things. It's making life easier for her. It's one of those things, the longer the game goes on, the easier it is for her to win. Because she has more abilities. But what's cool is, is at the end of her turn, she tells everybody to close their eyes. And her token is on one of the spots face down on the board. And she takes her token and moves it to an adjacent room. And maybe there's one of the abilities that said you can move two rooms. And then everybody opens their eyes. So after every time that little stack of disks falls over, the ghost is going to change locations. And so they're trying to deduce where's the ghost. They don't want to peek at any tiles in a room where the ghost might be. Because all they got to do is they see the ghost instantly dead. And then their spirit ends up helping the little girl ghost. So it's this nice little manual dexterity thing that's going on with these little discs. And everybody's trying to be so careful, and they're trying not to breathe. And if any time that stack of discs falls, even if they accidentally bump the table when they're discussing or getting up to get a drink, the ghost triggers. It doesn't matter how they fall, if they tumble ghost gets to go
1: uh, it's a cute little wh- horror game okay so um, cute I'm, I'm, is
0: maybe uh, a weird word but yeah. it's it's kind of freaky it was a it was very eerie for them and i tried not to talk they say in the rules that you're supposed to be almost like a gm and really take into the role and create a great experience for them also uh, what i do is uh whenever a noise is made i actually point to the room that i'm in there's several tiles in a room so they don't know which tile is mine but at least they'll know where i was but after they close their eyes, you know, I could have stayed in the room. I could have gone to a different room.
1: Are there different room setups? I know y'all yes. had two floors on this one. It's two floors in a basement. Two floors in a basement. Yeah. Okay. And you can arrange them. Is there a set setup or is it random?
0: Random. Uh, you flip over a tile uh, each time you flip over a tile. You put an adjacent to another tile as long as the doors match. So every time you play, it's going to be a variable layout. And the uh, the tiles that go out on the board of the different items are also different every time you play.
1: Now, I know while y'all were playing, and I came over, and I didn't bump the table and upset anybody, but I did ask, hey, have y'all ever stacked all the discs? Because there's five of them. There's five discs, and there's different difficulties. One of the
0: discs, the red one, has a little plastic nub Mm -hmm. on it, and so two of the discs are flat. Then you place a red one which has a nub, then there's two other discs. In the more difficult games, there's a red disc that has a little bigger nub or notch on it to make it even
1: more tilted. And in the hardest game, you use those two red discs to make it even tougher to play. And I asked, I said, hey, have y'all been able to successfully stack these? Uh, y'all have been playing for almost two hours. And I got a resounding no. The most they ever got was maybe three
0: on there before it fell
1: over. Well, that's because they, they started out putting it on nub, and then they had two black, and the next one was the red, and then that was it. They were done. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not like you get a shot. I sat there and watched them. They they You got to lower it gently down, and they drop it, and Everything will fall off. Mm-hmm. And then y'all would do your thing over there. Mm-hmm. Now, did you win? I actually did not win. Now, I was actually trying to take it easy. There were some other spells I could have done
0: to make it hard. But I can tell they were getting kind of frustrated. Oh, uh, I would but, have but, been but, throwing some discs. Because the deck was really stacking up against them. So I just wanted to create fun. They happened to find the doll. Mm. And they worked together. Uh, and here's the thing. It's all open discussion. They can say stuff that they found, but they could be totally lying. But anything they say, I can hear. So it's like they can't secretly say anything. So I get to hear everything that they say about maybe what they saw, what they didn't see, etc. So they happened to find my bones or her bones and they found the doll and they took the doll to where the bones was, which released the spirit. Okay. So they ended up winning the game. My biggest knock on the game was it did last a little long. For this type of game, everybody was kind of getting tired. It was like, we're, we're kind of ready for this to be done. So it stayed on the table a little bit longer than what people liked. But people enjoyed the experience. And the idea of stacking the tiles added a little element to the game. And the idea of it's like, got to be quiet. We got to be quiet. Put that disc on. clunk, And it's, oh, I'm alive. Well, not really alive. But I heard that. And I come and chase them down and stuff. I don't know. It, it's a really eerie-themed Japanese themed game. It's kind of you remember the uh, the ring, uh, the horror flick, the ring where the girl comes out of the TV.
1: No, the horror flick from the nineties. No, two thousand. Poltergeist was the only thing in the TV I know. I didn't. I do. Okay, never mind. I, and, yeah, and I do not. It's Japanese
0: inspired horror. Okay, okay, I
1: do not watch horror films.
0: Okay, well, plain yeah.
1: and simple, uh, slashers or any of that. Nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. All
0: right. That, that's uh, Yaka Ona out right now from Kids Games. Again, we had a good time playing it. Uh, it plays like up to five players with four people being like the ones in the house and then the ghost. Again, it's one of those things that probably stayed on the table just a tad too long. But if you're running the game, that's the nice thing about it. You can shorten the game by making it easier for them or making it harder for them as you play the game.
1: Now, I unfortunately had to leave because there was a McCree event going on. And before I left, Mm. Marty talked about this game on the last, on episode 183, Gates of Delirium. Yes. Yes, you did. From Renegade Games. From Renegade Games. And so we got to play it. He got me try it since I didn't get to do it last time. And one of the things is, I I do have a question. Your wife had to leave too because uh, I believe your youngest had Homecoming. Correct. And she had to go to do pictures or take him somewhere, mm-hmm. and so she left the table. And yet, she still won. That's Vanessa. Yep. Somehow, she pulls that. It was very, very late in the game. Yes, but still.
0: But, and there was only a couple turns left, and she told one of her friends, "It's like, on my turn, I was going to do this and, and this and this. But um, And you can go back and listen to our previous episode to get details of Gates of Delirium. But let me tell you, what do you think of the game? Good pace. Yes. Very good pace. I mean, literally what takes, 10 to 15 seconds per person to take their turn.
1: One of the things, I there was a lot going on. I, more plays are needed of that. I hope you don't wait till next uh, Halloween to do it. And the reason why I say that is I didn't play it as well as I would have liked. I thought I was doing well, and then Vanessa kicked my butt and I came in last and you were second or third. I forget what Casey was. But anyway, it was one of those things where that insane, are we playing insane or sane on that side of the token? There's the ability to flip it in the middle to mess someone up. Yes. So you have that, um, I don't want to say hate drafting or hate, uh, but you can change other people's strategy. You may want to force them because you really need to be watching what's going on on the other side. It's moving fast, but you got to be watching.
0: Right. And it's one of those things, too, like, like you said, the, uh, and for those who didn't, has, didn't listen to the last episode, there's two sides of the card, sane and insane. And whoever the first player is decides, okay, this round we're playing the sane side of the card or the insane. And lots of my decisions were made, like, say, for example, you were trying to open a gate, and you need so many colors of a gate card that you would get on the insane side in order to open the gate. And when you do, that's how you score a lot of points. Well, if I saw one of those colors that you were looking for was available, I thought, well, I'm not going to play inside insane this turn. I'm going to play sane so that you can't open that gate. But like you said, there are uh, tokens that you can get over the course of the game that you can spend on your turn to force it to change to the other side. So there's a lot going on in this game. But Like, like I said, the, lo- the love I had of the game was you got five cards on your hand. On your turn, he's like, "Well, I'm going to play this card to put it out an investigator. I'm going to play this card and either open, you know open a gate or you know the other different types of actions." And then ten seconds later, it's the next person's turn. We were constantly moving the first player token around the the game. It moves
1: quick. Yeah. Now, one thing uh, on mine, I noticed uh, there's the one section where you can complete a map to get some points near the end. Right. It seemed like I kept getting the same quadrant of the map. There's four quadrants, and mm-hmm. I kept getting the northeast or the northeast. I'm like, oh, this is going to make it easy on which one I want to play. Now, if just to go back to something you said, you said if they haven't listened to 183, why are they listening to 184? Wouldn't you usually listen to a podcast in order?
0: That's for people who only check in to us like every so often.
1: Or they might have missed the discussion of Gates of Delirium because they thought it was going to be about food.
0: That's true, because it was at the beginning of the show, and they totally would have
1: missed it. And speaking of food, which okay. we just did, <laughs> I know I missed out. I mean, incredible food. The The barbecue was flowing um all these desserts um we had intestine sweet r- rolls at the beginning oh those are so good and vanessa made
0: those again this week she did uh, yeah uh, our youngest son had his friends over so there were <laughs> there were uh cinnamon rolls that looked like intestines mm-hmm. it, was, oh, it was amazing was, she, she did a great job
1: of, she always does but i saw in the refrigerator i couldn't get to it. so in a way i hate i had to leave but in all oh, she made her chocolate m- trifle bowl yes West, oh that is so good was there was peanut butter in there
0: no, what, uh, um, what it is, it's brownie, cool whip, chocolate pudding topped with crushed butterfinger.
1: Is that it? We're just going, <laughs> I'm just pausing there, just wishing I had, you know, thinking of what I unfortunately missed there. Um, after I left, what did you end up playing? We
0: played Era from Plan B Games. Uh, some people had not played that, so we brought that out and uh, played it again. People tend to like it. It's one of those things that after it was over, they were like, I like it, but I don't know if it's worth the price to get it like it. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's kind of an expensive game. Yes,
1: yes. So I understand that. Now, they did come out with stickers for it because that was one of the things that, you know, I think you can go and request stickers mm-hmm. or something along. Just go check out Plan B's uh, website. And just pay
0: shipping, I think, and yeah. they'll, they'll send you just like a the, buck, buck
1: 50. Because one person uh talked to said, yeah, the stickers make a big difference.
0: Right. It is hard to see. It, it's an easy game to teach, and... I did really well. It's one of those things, I, <laughs> it seems like you tend to win if you can circle in your entire city because you double the points of what's on the inside.
1: And I wasn't there to roll a bunch of rotting fields. Uh, Nate tried to. Okay.
0: He just didn't succeed as well as what you did in order to do uh, Scorched Earths Earth. is what it's called. Yeah. To, to get it out on the board. So yeah, we played that. And then we pulled out a Dinosaur Island from Pandasaurus Games. Have you played that one? No, I haven't. <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> I, well i haven't i mean I, okay you you want, are, yeah, yeah i have martin johnson Rollin. it's a great game i no, i don't know anyway so uh we wanted to pull it out
0: and uh play it you know it was a very popular game from last year's combination of multiple things it's a tile lane game it's it's uh, mainly probably a worker placement game resource management it's kind of a bunch of different things rolled into one and then to finish off the night come on you can't do a halloween event without playing well, we also played Blockbuster. But no, after we played the Blockbuster video game, we played Don't Mess With Cthulhu. Okay. Yeah, so well, we have a- few a, social games I'll do. Don't Mess With Cthulhu is one of my favorite social deduction games, and we topped off the night with that.
1: Okay, so a successful barbecue. are you going to do it again next year?
0: Of course. We'll, we'll always uh, do it, try to, hopefully. Yes, we plan on doing it again next year. Speaking of food, and speaking of the last episode, are you happy now that today Kent brought you- some football-shaped Bowberry biscuits from Bojangles.
1: Oh, that was so good. That's the way to kick off a Mega Moose Con right there. <laughs> bow, hot Bowberry, all that sweetness. Get that. Blood sugar raised high so you can be ready to game all day. And that's basically what we had to do. We had to stay (laughs) sharp today. Because if you didn't listen to our last
0: episode because you don't listen in order, Tony was trying to get a Bowberry biscuit and he thought there was a conspiracy because every Bojangles he went to didn't have one. So somebody at the con today brought a whole box of them. So that you could say, see, there's not a conspiracy that they actually exist. They do exist. But the, but the funniest thing was you shared a picture of them online. It's a, it was basically a box of football-shaped biscuits with vanilla icing on it. And Rob Davio on Twitter said, hey, I spot chicken breast covered in gravy it's like no rob you do not want that well when you do a quick look what can we say (laughs) that's true and it's like now all of a sudden it doesn't look as appetizing as what it did because it's like oh now it's gravy
1: and chicken and speaking of 183 most comments received were about the McRib and the, and the war of the world. Oh my Not god. Not about the games. So how many games do we cover last time? 5 I think 6 I did games? 6. Yeah, We
0: did like six that. games on the cover. We did a 30 minute 30 to 40 minute deep dive into one of the hottest games right Tapestry. now, Tapestry. Nobody cares. And on social media on our Pod Pledge Slack page, on our BGG guild, Number there's a, 1589. There's only two things people talked about. One was, do you like or dislike McRibs? And you put up a poll. Most people really don't care for them. And the other thing was this little bit of information that Adam, my son, had when we talked about the War of the Worlds board game, where we talked about the albums that we had and how the albums were... Uh, One album was side one and side three, and the other was side two and side four. And we were confused on why it was like that. Tony, I kid you not, I probably got eight to ten emails or messages or text explaining why that was. I feel like an idiot for not figuring it out. But here's why that is. So remember in the old days when record players, you could stack records on top of each other on the little spindle. The uh, needle arm would go up, release a record. It would drop the needle arm and move on the record, play the record. And when it was done, the needle arm would move away and the next record on the spindle would drop on top of it. So if you had one and three on one side and two or four on the other, you could stack the albums so that they would drop. Then the other drops. And then after that side's done, you just flip both albums over and stack them again. That's
1: why they're numbered the way they are. We couldn't figure it out. You know, for me, it's putting the little disc in the 45 so you could stack them. So, for those of you that. The little maybe, disc, I know what you're talking
0: the about. The converter. The it's converter. a little converter that goes a little space. Because,
1: you know, for album players back then, you either had the big Hawkin uh, thing that went on the. The where the record would slide on the, <laughs> the whole, hulking thing. You, you mean the, the big plastic cap yeah, that, that was a, that was the
0: same diameter as the no, hole no, no. of a
1: forty five. There was the adapter that would go on the rod that came out of the record player. Yes. that was you could stack the forty fives without the little disc. Correct. Yes,
0: okay. and then there was a little plastic disc you could put in the center of the forty five. <laughs> that was the size of the small uh, spindle that was on the record player.
1: So by definition, back then, a playlist was how many. Forty fives, you could stack on. I think you'd get five or six. And I mean, you'd stack them on there. So even before (laughs) mixtapes, you had a mixed stack of records that you could put on the record for. And that was your playlist. Oh, that's so funny. And then based on the number of little discs you had for your forty fives, you could have a whole bunch of playlists, you know, and just mix and match. So, yeah, hey, that was interesting, and the more you know, we educate here as well. No,
0: and I appreciate all those people reaching out to us. I just think it's the funniest thing that our audience cares not one bit what we say about a game. We must bring zero value to the table when we talk about games, but when it comes to lawnmowers and food and you guys are idiots for not knowing why their record's number that way that's that's what people interact
1: with us I'm, about hey i'm 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 surprised you had eight <laughs> <laughs> my grass is growing well by the way got some good got some good got seedling. some good seedlings got some seedlings they're cute out there because we're getting a lot of rain finally i'm happy to about that so let's get to something that nobody cares about
0: you know? <laughs> games? <laughs> games let's talk some games so we got to mega moose con Uh, which is uh, going on uh, this weekend, and you did not come last night.
1: No, I did not come last night, no. I did,
0: and because of that, I got a game to the table that I knew you had zero interest in. So one of my favorite games of all time is Terra Mystica from Z-Man Games. They just released a brand new expansion called Merchants of the Sea. Mm -hmm. I was super excited. I said, I'm bringing it, and you said... Okay, I have really no interest in it. I know you're not a big Terra Mystica fan. You said that's one of those games that you feel like it just doesn't click for you.
1: Yes, just you just—it's a great game. I mean, there. I mean, there's a lot of strategy concentration. It's a great game. It's one of those that maybe if we were to play it more, I would really get into it. It's the same thing with. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I'm my mic's being moved for me. Don't let it fall off the table. Okay, there we go. Much better. I'm. I'm leaning over, trying. Trying to relax here. So yes, Terra Mystica, just like Ragusa. I mean, there's, yeah, we kid about Ragusa, but for me, I'm I need to get some more plays in for that, and it will grow on you.
0: All right, so just like mold. <laughs> wow. So Merchants of the Sea, I think there is a more additions and bigger changes to this game than there was with the last expansion, which added a couple factions.
1: Well, didn't the last expansion also change how the turn order went? It does, which 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 really helps mm-hmm.
0: the overall game. But I'm talking about the things that you can do on your turn is drastically changed in this game because they add ships. They add a whole new extension that you put beside your faction board called a shipyard. And when you first put down your dwellings at the beginning of the game, you get to put out a dock. And on your turn, there are ways to get build a ship that you can put into the little rivers. Okay. Okay. And those ships can move based on your shipping value. You may not remember this. There's a little area on your board that shows your shipping value, how far that you can reach uh, down a river in order to get to another hex to terraform it or transform it or whatever like that. Well, now that still is the same thing, but it's also used as how far you can move a ship down the river. And what's so cool about these ships is they can do multiple things. Once they get down the river a ways, whatever land they're adjacent to, you can actually terraform that land and start a brand new dwelling. So what that does, that opens up the map drastically. One of my issues I used to have with Terra Mystica is you were kind of isolated where you were and you mm. weren't going to go too far right. from there. Now with ships, and you can have up to three, you could be moving all over the board and start new uh, buildings all over the board. And that's important because if you get build cities, you get these bonus tokens, et cetera. So now this really opens up the map. So the ship can be used, if it's adjacent to a tile, it can convert. It can also, if you want to build a dwelling there and paying the cost of the dwelling, which is a little house, you can rip up your ship, theoretically, uh, well, figuratively rip up your ship. And put a dwelling in its place for free. So you send a ship out and basically convert that ship into a dwelling.
1: Well, that's what they did when they explored and colonized. Yes. They took the ship and, they took it apart apart and, and, and then built a the
0: housing. So very thematic. That's what you can do here. You don't have to. You could just pay for the cost of a dwelling and do it. But there's one other thing. You can take a ship into a tile that's adjacent to the river of somebody else's uh, building that they've built there, and you can trade with them. There's a little chart that shows, depending on what type of building is there, you can trade with them and get stuff. The bigger the building, the more stuff that you get. And you can get these little trade tokens in your color that you put underneath the building to show that you've already traded there. Once you trade with a location, you can't trade with it again. So now you can send these ships out to go out and trade with your opponent's buildings and get stuff. Do, Do your opponents have to agree? No. But what they can do is they can get what's called power, the little purple pellets, yeah. they can get that in return. Just like when you build adjacent somebody, you build like a market or something right. adjacent to one of them, they can get something in return for being adjacent to you. The same thing happens here. They can get power.
1: Okay. So yeah, that, so that I would say that is trading versus rating. Okay.
0: Oh, big time. No, it's yeah. definitely not rating. It's definitely, they get something and you get something and they get something Okay. and it can't be stopped. All right. There's also a shipyard that can be built. Some of the other area of the map, and you can launch ships from your docks or your shipyards. And once you unlock your shipyard, it opens up other abilities. Each of the little new boards for the factions, some of them have new abilities based on the factions. And then some of the uh, bonus tiles are brand new that has to go along with the ships. So this whole new ship mechanic changes a lot of the stuff. Oh, there's a whole new board. There's a whole new board with uh, with a new map on it. One's lakes, one's fjords. And so there's two two new maps, there's no new factions or anything, but you got all these extra wooden bits and wooden tokens that now every faction could use, drastically changes the game, but there is now so much to do on your turn, it does add some length to the game, in my opinion. When I know the look on your face is like, I have zero interest in this, because now this is just one other thing that you can do of... And when you move your ships, you move all your ships and then you have to resolve all of them. Oh. Well, I'm going to move this here and I'm going to take this ship. and I'm going to do this. I'm going to move this here. I'm going to trade with that one here. And some of the buildings, like the if you trade with one of the shipyards, you actually get to move again. So then you move all your ships again, which just lengthens you know, a player's turn. We play with five players. Do not play with five players. Not with this expansion. It just adds too much time. I say three, four at the max, to be How honest with you. How long did
1: you play? Well, you had to learn the game so I'm gonna knock off about 30 minutes so if you knock off 30 minutes yeah three hours that's not too bad. it's not
0: but it's too long for Terra mystica okay three hours is too long for 10 but again five players oh and three of them are never played so take Ooh. that so take that into account okay no four of them never played and one of them only played once and that was six years ago so it was it was a lot of new people wow. on, on board but I'm gonna tell you if you like Terra mystica please go get this expansion it will totally change the game for you. You may decide, ah, I don't want to use the ships this time. That's fine. But it adds a whole new mechanic with this shipping mechanic that I think is just, it changes a lot more than what the other one did.
1: Well, I like the idea of the shipping mechanic because power, getting the power was one of those things that was kind of, I really need the power. I need to be able to do this. And, and it helped out that game, if I remember correctly. Because I know you don't you know, put Terra Mystica on because of my the, the length of it for me. But power was always something I was always like struggling with. Okay, I need this to this because I need more, and that that really does add a benefit to the game. Yeah, just like that turn tracker did on with the expansion. Yeah, the second expansion. Now this sounds like, hey, here's another component that's going to really help ramp up the game.
0: It is another component that you now must consider. It's another okay. component that can be used for generating victory points and generating resources. and you can't do it all. Mm-hmm. So it does add this one extra thing that you have to think about. So I'm just giving you just giving you a heads up. there's a little bit more there that you have to deal with. But I think it's a nice addition to the game, and I, I gladly welcome it, and for sure it will stay with the rest of my Terra mystica stuff. Oh, and a shout out, I went out and ordered the nice little uh bags from b g g for uh Terra Mystica, where each of the bags are colored based on the faction. It's these nice little draw bags that are nice like satin cloth you could get all the pieces in there, really, really nice bags, and they're like fifteen bucks a piece. I ordered a set for Terra Mystica, and a sorters a set order to set for gaia project
1: mm. i have some of those bgg neoprene um holders for tokens and cards mm-hmm. and things like that i always forget to have those i really need to put them right there with the in front of the game so i can pull them out you should yeah, i should i know but then you came into mega moose con today <laughs> well i'll tell you what before we th- let's before we talk about today <laughs> okay let's go give our sponsors a little love okay PortalGamesUS.com. Is there an S in there? Portal Games US? Or is it Portal Game US, It's PortalGamesUS.com. I think so. Well if you go out to our rolling dice and taking name, there'll be a link for you to be able to get over to uh, it's, the It's in the
0: podcast notes, right? It's in the
1: podcast notes. It's I'm, right there.
0: I'm leaning back against the couch while Tony does this. I'm taking it
1: easy. You can take it easy, rest after all that descriptions. But one point out. Essence just occurred, so you know you got the expansion to Empires of the North. Preta Porter is out there for you. Learn how to play that and come teach me and Marty, because obviously we're not very good at it. That's nope. right. No, nope, not at all. And of course, igno- we are into the month of November. With you're listening to this now or even later than it's after November, the Kickstarter for Stronghold Undead is out there. That's. Not yet. It's coming in November.
0: Not if you're listening now, it's not. Not if it's... <laughs> but it will be. The episode release, it's not out yet.
1: That's right. It'll be soon, though. It'll be the following week, maybe. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So, and we've got the man himself coming on. That's right, Ignacy. Not well, this episode. Not this episode, No. <laughs> But the next episode
0: maybe <laughs> don't we don't know have we, have we looked at the calendar to see when he's coming on
1: <laughs> oh we know we got he's coming on we've got to get the man on a great great friend of the show and he's a nice guy I don't know if I said that recently so portalgamesus.com go check him out see all their good stuff that has just come out because Essen is a done thing. <laughs>
0: I'm surprised he's still friends
1: with us. <laughs> surprised he still pays for his crap.
0: <laughs> now, can I talk about the day we had at Mega Moose Con? Sure. Okay. But what we're going to talk about, we can't dig it deep into. Because I hear a Ignacy's <laughs> coming on the show.
1: I don't I know just, if anybody heard about that. I don't know. I just heard something <laughs> about Nazi coming on the show. I, I hope start. he's coming on the show. <laughs> After that bit that we I, just did uh, for him, uh, uh, like, forget that. Well, I mean, it's going to have to be on a weekend, and our weekend's are pretty
0: packed. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get it worked out. Can we handle that while we're not recording? Sure. These people don't want to hear that. Okay. The, the six people that are listening. Hey, Mom. So today we tried the... Game we've been waiting for for many, 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 many years. An early prototype of Stronghold Undead, which is what Ignacy's going to come on the show and talk about because the Kickstarter starts in November. This is a game we've been talking about for a while because we love the base game Stronghold. Mm-hmm. We'll talk more about it when Ignacy gets here and the story behind Stronghold with us and Ignacy. But ever since we heard, it's like, I'm thinking about doing expansion. We've been on his case. <laughs> 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 to, to, to do it uh, so it's finally coming and he said okay fine guys I'll, I'll send you a prototype of the game we got the rules that it was in like a word format document so these are early versions of the rules and we sat down today to learn how to play it and have, have gone through the game it took a
1: little bit of time but we got through it and I think we got somewhat of a feel of the game so I tweeted out a picture and I don't tweet much and I had a picture of it was just tongue-in-cheek tweet Anything for me is simply just making fun of Marty and I. That's what it's about. And I'm sitting there looking bored while Marty's reading the rules. I was not insinuating that the rules are hard by any means. No, it's just that we are learning. So I just wanted to have fun and then also irritate Rodney. What do you mean, irritate Rodney? Because I said, watch it played in there. I said, like, oh, you oh yeah. You I, tagged him? I tagged him. I said, hey, watch it played. Hurry up and get home to do a video on how to. You know, how to, play. how to play this game so that we can all, so everybody can watch it and be able to jump right into it. Because, you know, reading rule books, it takes a little digging into it, especially on a prototype, because you're yep. learning stuff. Because some things may not m- match up. Yeah. And, and it's even warrant on ours. It was, a, you know, this is the Vance Curly, Vance uh, um, prototype of a Kickstarter of Stronghold Undead.
0: Right, right. With, with, with rules that they're still working on and uh, uh, tweaking. And there's if you've never played Stronghold, there's a lot going on. Oh yes. Uh, It's not complex. It's just there's a lot going on because each side plays something totally different. If you've never seen the game, the theme of the game is there's an invader and there's a defender. The defender is inside a stronghold trying to keep the invaders from breaching the walls. Meanwhile, the invaders are trying to approach the walls and break in. But the way that each side plays is totally different from each other. So Tony, I am to me it's like learning netrunner. Mm-hmm. It's like you learn how to play the runner, then you learn how to play the court, and then there's totally different styles of gameplay. So as we're looking at the rules, you're like looking at the rules for your side. I'm looking for the rules at my side. And then I got a question about what you're doing. So I'm looking through the rule book to see what you did. You look through the rule book to see what I did. There's all these special buildings that you have on the you had. You, you play the defender side. On your side, I've got all these new spells I've never seen before that I have to learn and these new tiles I can put out. So it was just a slow process of going through the round, and the book lays it out very well. There's these
1: different phases. Mm-hmm. There's these different steps you go through, but each little step has something you have to consider. And if you play the original Stronghold, it'll come back to you. I admit I haven't played it in a while, so I think it'll be a quick pickup. Mm-hmm. But I like some of the additions, man. We won't go into that. We'll let Ignacy explain that in a future episode, right? Uh, but I like what I saw. But people were making fun of us. That's fair. That's we're used Cause to we, that. Because yeah, because we were sitting there taking a while. <laughs> so so the gameplay served eight rounds,
0: right? And and the first round took a Ooh. long time because yeah. again we're literally both of us read the book rule book before we sat at the table, but then we're literally reading it through it again together. As we step through each of the steps to make sure we're doing, we wanted to make sure we're doing it
2: right, exactly. so we understood it.
1: because if, if you don't do it right, then you walk away with a bad, bad taste. taste. Yes. Yeah, and it's not something you want to do because we have been waiting mm-hmm. and waiting and waiting <laughs> for this game. So, so there's there's a little expectation mm-hmm. that this will be so good.
0: It will be. And again, we're we're playing with uh cards that were basically copy paper that was cut out and sleeved and penny sleeves. And, oh. and, and that's fine. i mean, it's a prototype, it's what we expect. But what I was telling Tony while he was playing said I can't wait to see what this looks like in final production mm. because I bet since it's a Kickstarter, hopefully there's going to be a lot of little deluxe bits like was done with Prediporter. So I can't wait to see what he does with the game because it's a huge game board. It looks very impressive on the table. That's why a lot of people were stopping by. It's like, what is that, this? They kept
1: commenting on the map. That's a gorgeous uh, the yeah. because he changes it from the um, – From the original stronghold of being, it's still a castle, but everything's got this green tint to it, this evil, ominous tint to Mm -hmm. it. And the man's hilarious. Ignacy's funny. I mean, he tweets out. I was paying him back, actually, from a tweet that he did to us, where he tweeted him sleeving the cards for our prototype, and they were eight and a half (laughs) by (laughs) 11 going into... Poly sheet protectors for regular sheets saying, I'm getting the cards ready for rolling dice and taking names who need big fonts. Oh, ha, ha, this is so funny. Back at you, big boy. Where were, where were you back at him? With, with me sitting there looking bored. Like
0: oh, oh, I see. I see. No, no that's. We, no. We, we were not bored. Again. Oh, no. It's, and Tony and I tease us like Tony's made some of his flow charts before for games. And I thought, this game might be fun with a flowchart or, or something like that. So we want to check it out again. Uh, now that we've played through it, the next game will go way quicker. Yes. Uh, but now that we understand it, unless we flip sides, and then you have to kind of relearn the game. I have to relearn your buildings. You have to relearn the spells that I was using this time. The spells change every every round. But we just want to kind of tease what this game is and the fact that Ignacy is going to be coming on, and we're going to get a lot of the details about the differences between the original and this one. I was going to say, no, it's not an expansion. It's considered an expansion, but it's a standalone expansion. You can combine some of the elements between the two, but this is going to be a standalone box. If you don't have Stronghold, the base game, you don't need it. This is, you could play out of the box, exactly what we did with this one. And he's coming on (laughs) soon to help clear all this up. But once we got that done and out of the way, it was... (laughs) Time to, to eat. eat.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm like, dude, really? Come on. Well, we, we no, we, no. Are you taught a game of silver? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, so that's such a fun game. I we didn't get, but I, I it, from Bezier. But even though I was sitting there teaching, it, I was still engaged. I was looking over people's shoulder and I was watching their strategy. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, no, you don't want to keep that card. No, don't flip it, flip it. Don't. What are you doing? I couldn't see all their cards, but the best part of that whole teach was. Somebody sitting there correcting me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, it was me. Uh, no, you look at all five of them. No, you don't. You don't look at all five of them. Download the app <laughs> to so, learn how to play it.
0: He's getting confused. I, I, I was totally confused with Call of, Cthul- Call of Cthulhu. Wow. With Don't Mess with Cthulhu, where you get five cards and you look at them all, then put them down. And I was thinking, well, this is the same thing you get fi-. It's like, no, wait a minute. I haven't played Silver in about a month. Now you just look at two cards. Yeah, that was that was, that was was funny. And we didn't play the um, – we have the the Bullet. Bullet, yeah. We just actually got a copy of the Bullet that I like to look at together. We Actually, we've already talked about mm-hmm. it before, but it's the official uh, released version we got a copy yeah. of.
1: And that's out now? I don't know. Oh, they were talking about it at Essen. That's right. Yes. Bezier, they had it at – um, S and, and I think they were See, selling it there. It's
0: going to be coming soon. Very I don't know soon. if it's out in, in uh, retail yet. But yeah, it's just a different version with a whole new set of cards, but these are a little bit more mean.
1: Yes, they are. And one of the best things is if you take uh, Amulet and Bullet and you, com- you can combine them, there's, there's ways to combine the cards as long as you make sure the numbers are matching up from mm-hmm. the standpoint of the number of cards in a deck. You can really take it to the next level. Yep. So I hope they continue um, with the success of this. And if you haven't tried Silver yet, download the app. It's only single player. And then go out and get you. I mean, this game's there ain't nothing to this game as far as cost, I hope. And And then after that, you and I set up for a flea market. Which is a lot of fun. Flea markets are always fun. We're over there slashing the prices, but that's sold sold some of our games that haven't seen some love in a while, and it's always good to see them get some love from yep. someone else.
0: Yeah, because I I back some kickstarters. You back some kickstarters. It's like we didn't we didn't play the games a lot, so we put them out there for people to get, and that was cool because I like it, it. if they didn't
1: back the Kickstarter, they get some of the extra goodies that aren't
0: available anymore.
1: And thanks to Mark at Mega Moosecon for giving us that opportunity. Yes. Yeah, the, and there were a lot of people that had some great games out there that you know you could have taken advantage of to look at some very old games that we, you saw Chopper Strike.
0: I did, and you went and checked on it for me while I was looking. At, they were missing a Jeep. They're missing, so a I want a complete game. So I mean, it's available on eBay, not too expensive. I was just going to see how much it was there. So yeah, I love these little flea markets. So there's a lot of old games out there that you might want to check out. But
1: then after that, we got to go eat. Yes, we
0: did. We went to the front porch, which we talk about every year when we come to Mega Moose Con. It's this little country kitchen. It's the the famous meat and two
1: Is that a thing all over Or is that know. just
0: a southern thing
1: it, it did not impress me this year I'm going to be honest
0: Oh, You didn't like the fish We got both got fried flounder
1: Wasn't crazy about no, it I was not crazy about it They overcooked it Oh, So yeah I was kind of disappointed with this But you can go ahead and talk about yours mm-hmm. I, was, I had fried I was, okra and fried squash Okay, to go with my fried fish <laughs> In all well, my time Somebody says, I need ketchup. And that would be Marty. I'm like, okay, Do you order fries? He went fried fish, fried okra, fried squash. I know he did. We talked about this. Why is he needing ketchup? Okay, this is going to be a poll at our guild 1589 where I'm going to ask, do you put ketchup on fried squash? He's over there dipping his fried squash in ketchup.
0: What up? I like ketchup and usually, you know, French fries and onion rings and
1: fried stuff you you put ketchup on okay now i one thing of the many many years i've known you i know you eat your fries last no wait a minute do i yes you've unless you've changed you've always eaten your fries
0: last i do like to i do like to save a few fries at the end i don't eat them i don't eat like a sandwich and then the fries i you know sandwich fry sandwich fry sandwich okay. fry but i, I do like to changed. finish i do like to finish off with the fries okay but
1: my kids eat their fries first before the entree okay so I, one i cuz i thought you used to eat your sandwich and then all your fries at one time i may had okay. i may okay. had and then so maybe you
0: know. said something about it and all of a sudden subconsciously i realized i was doing it and i said well i can't be like mr he read him like a book and then maybe i changed because of right. you so thanks yeah
1: if if you think about it today your diet has included <laughs>
0: Oh gosh! No, Um, can we not think about
1: it? So you've had Uh Bojangles biscuit, yes, which was a A, which one a pork uh, pork chop, grilled pork chop biscuit. Okay, some diet Mountain Dews, lots of them. Then you shared a basket of fries with me from South. Oh, you totally
0: missed! I had one of the bowberry biscuits that was shaped like a football. Had one of those. You had a
1: bowberry biscuit. Yeah, you had fries with me. I had a bag of chips. You had a bag of chips. Then you went to the front porch and had fried fish, fried squash, fried okra. I skipped dessert. You skipped dessert. Everybody else got dessert except you and I. Yeah, but I came back and had M&M peanuts, which is a requirement for me when I play a board game. Okay,
0: and I'm having another Mountain Dew right now. All right. Okay, it's a con. It's a con. What do you do?
1: You don't eat well.
0: (laughs) You don't eat well. And we play games. And in fact, we played a brand new game from Space Cowboys. And it's not called Space Cowboy. It's called Joker. Joker. From Steve Miller. uh, That was really kind of a surprise to me. Just is now coming out. And we're going to talk about it in a five-minute initiative. Okay, the holidays are coming up. And like all these new games that be coming out of Essen, it's gonna start showing up in retail here at any time. Is over at miniaturemarket.com. They've got faster shipping now. They got that if you spend a hundred bucks, you get free shipping. They've got the stuff that when you when you order something, you can put it on hold and wait till your total order adds up to over a hundred, so you can get free shipping. You can pre-order items and have them shipped to you as soon as they're released it is a great way to buy gifts for your friends and family this holiday so make sure to go over to miniaturemarket.com check out their games and their prices and tell them marty
1: and tony sent you also in the search engine if you just type the word on sale or clearance you can see what all their recent games that have been reduced in price you can do that as well and also if you go out to our page at roll you can click on any link it will take you straight to their page for you to order it up actually if you're listening
0: to this on an application on your mobile device most of them now see the description of the podcast and you can click right from your phone straight to MiniatureMarket.com
2: Five-minute initiative begins in three, two,
0: one. Space Cowboys just recently released this small box game called... (laughs) I'm not officially sure what it's called. Encore? A-N-K-H apostrophe O-R anchor i think it's Ankh because it's an egyptian
1: themed game and there are Ankh tokens in it it's an encore we're going to do it again anchor because we played this again we enjoyed it so much we played the game it it was like immediately
0: we sat down and played it it, it twice because this is a game that plays in i don't know 20 30 minutes with, with three people number one let me just say When I opened the box, I was super impressed. This is a tile-laying game, so I was ready to punch some tiles, Tony. But Space Cowboys has already punched all the tiles for us, has a nice little insert where all the tiles are are nicely placed, and these small little acrylic or plastic tokens that are used for resources during the game. All
1: nice and stacked. And you didn't have to put the stickers on the tokens. No! It was awesome. And best of all, the rule book is less than six pages. The rules are really straightforward. Take some tokens, buy a tile.
0: because At the core, this is a tile-laying game. There is a board in the middle of the table that has different calls to different tiles that are underneath it. There are going to be six tiles laid out. What I like is, is each of the tiles will have different types of resource combinations with them. You have these resource tokens that are uh, shuffled, and then you put in these little slots along the board and they create different combinations of either two to three different types of tokens. And there's different colors. There's red and green and black and blue. And this might be like one time, the first slot tile may be red and blue, and then the last slot token may be red, red, green. Anyway, just a random combination, which is always different. So on your turn, you're gonna take up to three different uh, tokens. You can have up to five in your hand, or you're gonna pay the cost of one of those tiles, buy it and put it down on the table. the goal of trying to allocate and align similar color tokens and tokens
1: with similar animals on them in order to get the most victory points for the win Mm -hmm. and you score victory points by either connecting colors connecting animals or using tiles that have victory points on them if you get five colors together you get an additional three points if you get five animals together you get three additional points so you gotta think of your spacing now you can have multi layers on these tiles when you put them down but when you place them down what tile will have to cover up four tiles and if you have a special ability like the warehouse tile which gives you the ability to store a token because you said there was a limit in your hand mm-hmm. that gives you ability to add it fast play but tons of strategy because wow because one token we haven't talked about is the Ankh.
0: One of the tokens that you can take is the Ankh, and you can, as a free thing on your turn, you can refresh the tiles. You'll discard the leftmost tile, shift all of them down, and then bring new tiles into play. Because, Tony, when you buy a tile, one automatically doesn't replace no. it. Somebody has to spend an onk in order to get the tiles refreshed. And lots of times, that's a waiting game and actually part of the strategy. Because there may be a tile that you want that leftmost tile Somebody can scrap it away from you before you even have a chance
1: to get it. So you've got, you're have you watching other people's hands, what they're picking up. You are strategically looking at how they'll shift down if an onk is used. Do you have the right resources that are sitting there? You're also sitting there. You have two stacks of the replacement tiles. You can only see the top two colors that are coming up. And that, that's very important. You don't know if there's an animal, a beetle on it, or uh, the lion, or the bird. Now the onk does not take up a turn. Like you said, it's a special action. So you then get to do it. Another tile in there, That is key Is the scribe If you take a scribe You get to take another turn Immediately Which means you can Refresh your uh, resources Back into your hand Once again Good game Another thing you could do With the Ankh uh, Is actually you can Shift tiles
0: around you can take one tile that's already been placed and move it. Otherwise, you can't move them. So you can readjust things if you try to get try to get five together of a similar type. And the game ends when 13 tiles have been placed by somebody. That will trigger the end of the game. Everybody will get an equal number of turns. And then the game ends. You count up your points. At that time, you count up the number of similar colors or animals you have. And you get one point for each of those that are connected. Add up all your points in person. with The most points wins. We played this twice. To me, this is like splendor a splendor tiling game but a lot more meaty i love this thing
1: and it's this little small box is going to cost like 20 bucks or so great game this will be on both of our shelves oh yeah uh, this is a game that i would pull out that might even beat japor Oh, really? Yes, I uh, enjoy it, and you know Tarjay, Tarjay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Targi uh, Jaipur. This this can
0: fit in there with it too. And this is a new series of games that uh, Space Cowboys is coming out with. A lot of two player games. This is two. Pl- it plays two to four. But there's a series of like two player games they're going to be coming out with, it, and this is uh, a one of the first this is a good game i I really really like this game uh from the from the insert to the quality of the production easy to play a lot of meat to it that is encore from space cowboys going to be coming out soon get this one y'all this is good
2: five minute initiative is complete
0: Even though our show is focused on board games, I always like to explore other formats or genres of the tabletop hobby, including role-playing games and miniature games. And typically, whenever I talk about role-playing games or miniature games, I bring on experts that live currently in my household. And since we're going to be talking about miniatures today, I have my oldest son, Adam, coming back on the show. Adam, thanks for coming back. No problem. Whenever we talk about miniatures on the show, I always like to come at it from like an intro level, a beginner level. It's like somebody who doesn't really know anything who might have interest. And that's where we've always kind of approached these uh, sort of topics. And I know that whenever we talked about it before, a lot of people have said, look, I'm not interested in miniatures because I don't want to have to deal with assembly and painting. Well, if you don't have to deal with assembly and painting, then the miniature hobby is probably not for you.
2: Yeah. Sorry to say it, but I mean a good half or more of the hobby is assembling and painting. So if you're, if you're doing it, odds are that's what you like to do. I know for me, I almost like it more than actually playing the game. Like my time spent in the hobby of miniature gaming is probably like 80% painting or 22% actually playing the game. Um, That isn't to say I don't like playing the game, I sure do, but most of the time you're going to spend in it, working with it, is with assembling and painting. So you're gonna have to like it.
0: Right, And but then once you get beyond that, which I enjoy doing too, which is another reason why I like this aspect of the hobby because it kind of combines crafts and games Mm -hmm. typically. But once you get beyond that, I think there's another bit of the learning curve that I know I've struggled uh, getting over and others may too. And that's when it comes to, well, if I wanna do 40K from Games Workshop or Age of Sigmar from Games Workshop, where do I start? There's all these different factions and everything. What faction should I do? How does that work? How do you put an army or or a list together? And that's what I kind of want to approach today because, Adam, you've had a problem since Age of Sigmar uh, came out. That's kind of been our game of choice. We tend to like fantasy here more than 40K. It's definitely my game of choice. So we're using that as kind of an example. But since Age of Sigmar came out, you've had a problem because there's a faction that you wanted to play that you struggled getting an army together.
2: I did, and it's not because the army wasn't well-developed. It was. The army is Beast Claw Raiders, by the way, if you're familiar with Age of Sigmar. Um, and this is a army with an extremely low model count on the table and extremely limited unit choice. Um, I chose them because... I like the way the models look and I wanted to paint them, which is why you you pretty much choose which army you want to play. Typically, if you're not doing competitive, many people are going right. to go towards yeah. what looks cool and exactly. what what appeals to them. And the, the advice I always see given is take the model that, that you like the most aesthetically, because you're going to be spending so much time with the models in your hands, looking at them, painting them. You want to really like what the model is and what the aesthetics of it are.
0: Let's go up a little bit higher level. Within Age of Sigmar,
2: there's these things called Grand alliances, correct? Grand alliances. Yes. Or grand allegiances. What? One of the two, same thing. And they are, so they are really broad category of model. So you can't really talk about Idris Sigmar without talking about Warhammer fantasy. And I'm going to try to keep it short and stay on topic here. But, um, in Warhammer fantasy, it functioned much like it does in 40 K with each faction kind of being their isolated own thing. Um, and you, you were limited to models from that faction. So one of the things they tried to do when they came out with the Age of Sigmar was really broaden your choice of units. So they have these four grand allegiances now, order, chaos, death, and destruction. And you can include units from your Grand Allegiance from any faction or race in the list that you build. So if you have a Grand Allegiance order army and you've got Stormcast Eternals, you can also take any other order unit, Fire Slayers or whatever you want, and you can take it and put it in your army. Now when you said list, list
0: is basically a list of units that you're going to put together to make an army. A better word, I guess, would be
2: roster. Okay. So yeah, it's the models that you have on the table that you're playing the game with. Okay.
0: Like you said, when you, when you pick a faction, whatever it has, anything that you put with it must be under that grand allegiance.
2: Yeah. That's the broadest scope
0: you can go. And what different things are in each one? So you talked about order being storm cast eternals. Like,
2: I guess death would be zombies ghosts sort of deal. Yeah, exactly. And uh, these themes were present back in old Warhammer Warhammer Fantasy, but they they could they weren't compatible. If you're playing a High Elves list in Warhammer Fantasy, you must use High Elves units in Age of Sigmar. Like I said, if you're playing a, a Skaven army you, which are rats. Which are rats. You and they
0: under under what? By chaos? The way? They're okay. under
2: Grand Allegiance Chaos. So you don't have to just use Skaven units. You can also use Demons of Chaos or Ever Chosen as alliance units as well. And in the competitive scene, they called these lists like destruction soup or chaos soup, where you just took a bunch of Grand Allegiance models. Now there are tons of benefits to that. Because if you've got, you can, there are so many more units to choose from, but Games Workshop has incentivized you to also take narrower focuses as well. For example, if you are running that Stormcast Eternals list, if you, all of your units are Stormcast Eternals, then you can take, they're like, their army or faction bonuses for Stormcast Eternals that you wouldn't get if you had units from other Factions in your army, and it goes even broader than that. There's allied units which you can take that can get certain benefits, and then there's just whole grand allegiances you can take. So you can go as narrow or as broad as you want, and there are bonuses and incentives to do all. Of them. So going back to your original problem. Right. So you had these beast
0: claw raiders and you had a limited model count. So was your problem that there wasn't enough to build a decent list or roster where you could take advantage of
2: those faction bonuses or alliance bonuses? Well, I could take full advantage of my faction bonuses because all I had were beast claw raiders models. So all the models that have that tag are going to be able to take those bonuses that are present for beast claw raiders. But beast claw raiders are ogres. And there's another faction of ogres, or there was, uh, called the Gutbusters. So when they started up Age of Sigmar, they made this decision that a lot of people criticized back in the day and still criticize today, where they kind of just exploded factions all over the place. A good example to visualize it is if you go to the Games Workshop webpage, at the beginning of Age of Sigmar anyway, and you click the tab under like Forces of Order, you would be greeted with 15 to 20 factions only three of which were actual factions, the rest of which were just models recycled from Warhammer Fantasy that they gave their own faction keyword, despite the fact that they were being just a single model. A good example is the Ogres. Um, in Warhammer Fantasy, there was a model called a Fire Firebelly, and uh, that was the mage of the Ogres. And in Age of Sigmar, there was a whole faction called Firebellies that consisted of just the one model, the fire belly. So it didn't really make a lot of sense. People were scratching their heads. And part of the reason they did this was to encourage you to take a bunch of those models as in your grand allegiance army, right? Mm -hmm. But it was just confusing to look at. It it was especially jarring coming from Warhammer Fantasy where the factions were so clear, distinct, and defined. So one thing they've tried to do over the past year is coalesce and condense these factions back into these neat, compact factions and races that we're familiar with from Warhammer Fantasy and 40K. So one of the things they did was they took all the orc models, which were divided into iron jaws and bone splitters before, and they made them just orc war clans, one faction, all the orcs, one faction. So you could put those different models together and they would all get the same bonuses? And they would get the faction bonuses, not the Grand allegiance bonuses. Okay. And that's important because faction bonuses are usually bigger and better than a Grand Allegiance. They did it with goblins too. Goblins were all over the board. Moon Clan, Spider Fang, Gloom. They they had all these different goblins and then they came out with a book, a battle tome, where they put them all under one all one banner. And a battle tome is like uh, basically uh, a faction book? It's a faction book. They're called codices in 40K. It's it's a book that details all the rules and special rules for your faction. So for my Beast Claw Raiders book, it has all the faction abilities that I can take. It has the stats for all my units. It has And of course, half of it is fluff too, which I... I'm really into personally. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you've been dealing with over
0: the past couple of years, trying to build a list and everything with pulling out these different ogres and stuff to try mm-hmm. to put them together. But you may have felt, maybe felt you were handicapped because it's like, well, once I throw all these together, they don't
2: get all the same faction bonus. It was to the point where after I got my last Beast Collaborators Raiders model, like a year ago, I didn't need to get any more. Like as soon as I painted and finished and put together, I had all the models I needed to make pretty much any 2000 point list I wanted. So there wasn't really any much more variety to add. It also made the, my faction very singular in purpose and focus. Like it could do one thing really, really well, but that's much the only thing it could do because there wasn't really a lot of choices. Like to, to get specific that there, there wasn't a lot of ranged action going on in the beast Claw Raiders. So there was no gun line to speak of they, So there were clear weaknesses that were often exploited on the tabletop.
0: And now we come to today and the reason why this whole discussion came up because On November 2nd, Games Workshop has released basically, I guess, a new starter box, a new Mm. starter set to kind of get into Age of Sigmar. And what is in that box that basically got
2: you so excited that you're like, I've got to have this. So these boxes that Games Workshop comes out with on the regular these days, pretty much for both 40K and Age of Sigmar, they often have two factions in them. And one of the two factions in this box is those Gutbuster Ogres I mentioned.
0: And the box is called Feast of Feast Bones. of Bones.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Now you might remember Gutbusters are incompatible with my Beast Claw Raiders. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Because with the release of Feast of Bones, they're also publishing a new battle tome called Ogre Ma Tribes, which once again takes all the ogre models and pushes them into one faction. So now all ogre models are fair game in your list and can take those juicy faction benefits, no matter if they were Gutbusters or Beast claw Raiders before. But it's the same model. So the models that you have aren't discontinued or anything, right? No, not at all. And as a matter of fact, all the ogre models, except one, they released a new one. All of them are from Warhammer Fantasy, from the old Warhammer. And they they were fairly recent models then. So they look really good. They look modern. There are nothing, there's nothing new coming out. They're just making it more condensed and easier to get into. So now all these ogre models that you can now put together. So before we talked about four, that you
0: had a gut buster along beside beast claw raiders. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't get, get each other's bonus, but now there's just one bonus they have. As being like an under the ogre umbrella, Correct. which is still
2: under the destruction, destruction umbrella. Okay. Correct. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of a way to visualize it, but the, I mean, a big it's like um, a tree almost. Like it's a like- tree. There's a big umbrella, then a smaller umbrella, then a smaller. Um, You know, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. You know. <laughs> okay, geneticist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you domain two. Domain's the big one. <laughs> okay. Um, So that's why I was really excited about this box. And a lot of people are really excited about this box because uh, it, it is selling like hotcakes right now and i don't think it's because of my beloved ogres over here actually okay i think it's because of the other faction which is the opposite of the ogres whereas the ogres are old models from warhammer fantasy that they're putting under a new coat of paint and putting in a new faction the other faction is brand new like these models th- this feast of bones box is your first chance to get a hold of these models and what are they they are called the Ossiarch bone reapers and Looks like skeletons. Are some of the coolest models they have ever produced. No wonder they're selling because they are super, super cool. When Warhammer Fantasy was uh, <coughs> retired, <laughs> um, <laughs> retired. Retired, quotation marks. Uh, I Listen, Warhammer Fantasy is very near to my heart. First fantasy world I ever read about and fell in love with. Travis and I both agree. It's it's our favorite fantasy world. Which is why you
0: continue to this day play tons total, of Total War. war. Warhammer.
2: It's my favorite game to play right now. Love it to pieces. Anyway, I also love Age of Sigmar to pieces. As much as I loved Warhammer Fantasy, I've grown to really love Age of Sigmar. But what, what I was uh, getting at was one of the factions that they did away with in the transition was the Tomb Kings. Uh, which was not a fan favorite faction at the time. It is now, just because of nostalgia purposes. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a pretty low-selling faction, so they just nixed it. So the Ossiarch Bone Reapers were developed as kind of a stand-in for the Tomb Kings. Like, they're skeletal, but they're more than just plain skeletons the, to get into the lore a little bit. They are each a unique soldier fashioned from the bones that are forcibly collected from the people of the mortal realms pretty crazy. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, e- each model is made of different bones, like amalgam, an amalgam of bones put together to make a soldier. And uh, that's what makes these models look pretty cool. I love the
0: night haunts, and I have a, a lot of night haunts. So right. I assume that this is under the death.
2: It is. Allegiance. Grand Allegiance Death. So
0: I could take some of those and make mm-hmm. a list with the Night Haunts, but then those that are in the this Ossiark. Ossiark Bone Reapers. They have their own faction bonus. Yes. So all those models would get that that are yes. together. And then my Night Nighthaunts also would get a faction bonus, but there might be a reason I want to build a list that has both of them in it.
2: Oh, absolutely. And and I guarantee you that in the in the competitive scene, which I am not in, <laughs> um th- there will be lots of people running just death armies with both Ossiarch Bone Reapers and Nighthaunts because they tend to work together really well, which is duh, right? Because they they're both they're, they're the same thing, more or less. But it comes down to tags, right? To keywords, I should say. Uh Nighthaunt models have the keyword night haunt. Ossiark bone Reaper models have the keyword ossiarch bone reapers. So in the, the battle tomes for night haunts and the bone reapers, they're each going to have these special rules, but they'll usually have language like all models with Osiar bone reapers gain X, Y, Z. And some that will even say if your entire army consists of models with Osiar bone reapers keyword, they get this faction bonus. So it all comes down to what keywords you have and the literature of the rules themselves. So maybe the easiest way to get into this game is pick a faction, get that battle tone, maybe just play in that faction for a little while
0: that may, that way you make sure, you know, everything works together. I mean, you can obviously mix and match later on, but for somebody who's just getting into it, That might be a good place to start. In fact, a box like this
2: is probably a good place to start if you're interested in one of these two factions. Uh, Absolutely. And it's even a good place to start even if you're not interested in one of these two factions just to know what it's like to put together a model and paint it. What else comes in the box besides the models to get you started? The box is largely model, but it also comes with, well, this booklet that tells you how to put them together. That's kind of important. It comes with a condensed version of the core rules and a little they call it the feast of bones book it's a little it's it's pretty thick actually i'm holding in my hands right now pretty robust little booklet um detailing the lore and background of the story of the box because each box has a story attached to it and the, the models themselves are characters in the story and then it has a bunch of different scenarios that are only present in this book a bunch of rules that are only present in this book and then of course the uh it also has War Scroll cards for all the models. You can see all their stats. Mm.
0: So that's the like the big Age of Sigmar game. But many times on this show before, we, we've talked about Warcry and mm. even Warhammer Underworlds. Right. But a lot of those models go across all of those. If I remember correctly, the Warhammer Underworlds is probably the easiest game to get into. You have a set faction. This is what you're going to use. You have some cards you can change your deck. But the models of those factions are actually included in battle tomes that can be used and built in list for age of sigmar it is not a lot
2: of those models all of those models have rules that can be used in age of sigmar as soon as games workshop puts out a model separate from age of sigmar or 40k um usually in these warhammer underworlds or Warcry, cry etc they will publish rules for you to use them in your main army on the tabletop i've used uh shade spire war bands in list before and um it adds a little extra wrinkle to it for sure. Cause they usually have some crazy abilities or something mm-hmm. like that. They usually work together really good as a unit. So they, they will always have the option to use those as well.
0: And then one step up from that is the Warcry, cry, which looks more like a board game. It's a fewer model count, more of a skirmish game plays yeah. in 30 to 45 minutes. But once again, those models can be used in age of Sigmar, but again, you're limited. So every model, you can't pull every model together and throw it into a Warcry cry war band. There's rule sets for different models. Uh, and you might have to go out and buy a box of the Age of Sigmar models in order to build certain lists. Or if you're doing uh, the Stormcast Eternal, some of the Warhammer Underworlds war bands were actually part of the Warcry list. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can expand it to the bigger game. So they've really kind of developed these tiers yeah. for this really quick 30-minute card game up to like a 45-minute skirmish board game to the full thing. But the model starting at the bottom will go all the
2: way up through the top and can be used all the way the, the big game. It's really smart, this model that Games Workshop has put together, where it is you you get curious about this. You're like, maybe I want to try this. And then they're like, well, well, here's Warhammer Underworld's super low model count. And then here's Warcry, also low model count. You can just see if you like do it together. And then like you're like, well, maybe I want to try and put together a bigger list with these Stormcast Eternals or Orcs or whatever I have. And I'll buy a couple more boxes of models, put them together. You know, it's kind of like this, this cheeky little, hey, First one's free (laughs) from Games Workshop because uh, they'll get you. Right. They'll get you.
0: Right. I guess that somewhat exists in the 40K universe. If people are interested in sci-fi,
2: there is the Kill Team. Right. Uh, There's not like a Warhammer Underworld's equivalent in a 40K. There's not. And I think part of that is just because 40K is just way more popular. So Mm -hmm. it has this kind of cultural pop culture energy behind it where it's just kind of like a household name at this point, especially in like gaming communities. So people just know it. And they're like, if I want to try it, I've got plenty of resources to do it. But Age of Sigmar is super young. Age of Sigmar is like, they're really focusing on providing players with a lot of opportunities to get into it.
0: So talking through all that, it may sound like that building a list, building an army or roster, whatever is super complicated, but it's not. You can just kind of Focus in on one faction, Mm -hmm. get the battle tone for that one faction, just kind of thumb through the book, pick some models that you like. If you're not worried about competitive stuff, right? Right. The models have, I guess, what's called points. And and there's points meaning number values. And these can vary. The the points that are used in Warcry for a particular model is going to have a different points value in Age of Sigmar, but that would be part of, of the battle tone. And then when you have a game there's these different types of games. So a thousand point game, Mm -hmm. 1500 point Mm -hmm. game, 2000 point game. And that's where you can just thumb through the book and go, well, I want three of those, and those are three hundred points apiece, right. or whatever. And
2: there's nine hundred points. And you can just kind of build from there. And Games Workshop has gotten super creative, and there's all these crazy kinds of battles. There's no longer where you're just lining up your troops on the opposite side of the table and going at each other. Like they have ones where you set up like encircled or like siege underground. And then most of them have varying model counts and point counts. So there are scenarios that are low model count. There are scenarios that are high model count. So there's really, I mean, whatever you want to do. It's out there. Like you said, Games Workshop keeps releasing these big boxes over and over with
0: different factions. And I know that something else is going to happen because we're getting close to Christmas. Mm -hmm. They release special
2: box sets around Christmas too, don't they? They sure do. Year round, they have the start collecting boxes, which are a really really good value to get into warhammer with 40k or age of sigmar they have them for pretty much every faction every major faction but at christmas time they release something called battle force boxes which are bigger boxes that feature more models they usually have i think four for age of sigmar four for 40k so eight total they are more expensive but the value for these boxes is incredible like there are some boxes where you're getting immense value on the models that are in them.
0: And in fact, if you look on the uh, internet, I remember last year, people took each of those models and priced them individually Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. showed you what the value of the box was. And there were some that uh, I think these boxes cost, what, 200 bucks?
2: I, mean, I think they're like 180 to 200. 180, like 200. That. But some of the values of some of these were in the 300s. Yeah, you were saving hundreds of dollars on some of these, which is insane. That's another way to get into it. Hopefully one of the factions that comes out in these boxes might be something that you're interested in. And those mm. sell pretty quick. They do. They sell out. Well, they I mean, they're only for Christmas, so they only make a certain amount of them. And once they're gone, they're gone. And otherwise, if you do miss those, like you said, there's the start collecting and like you
0: bought the start collecting beast layers. I bought three of them. (laughs)
2: three core boxes once again because there's low unit choice so when you have three star collecting boxes that's pretty much all you need for a 2000 point list right there
0: and now you can start you can start bringing in these other ogres into your list i'm
2: very excited about this like this this is very very good news for me
0: so there you go there's a quick overview of basically kind of like list building in, in this game how do you get into it
2: and adam like you said i think probably the easiest way is just find something that looks or sounds cool and maybe just start there yeah just find whatever it draws you in read a little bit of the lore whatever you whatever you like whatever it jives with you if you like ghosts there's something there if you like skeletons now there's something there like, like there whatever you're into there's something for it don't just pick like Stormcast just because. <laughs> because there's everything Stormcast. Listen, right? there, there's a lot of storm. Stormcast are great. I will take the bullet of saying that they are way better than Space Marines, narrative wise, design-wise. The I, I love the Stormcast. Maybe try something. <laughs> there's so much Stormcast out there.
0: And if you want to check out some prices on some of these and get some of these, you can go over to miniature which is a games workshop. Online store, they usually have very good prices. There is a fixed discount that you can get on Games Workshop games, but Miniature Market has the the highest discount that
2: you mm-hmm. can have. Yeah. And
0: typically, when we order, we do order from Miniature Market because yeah. you do get that discount
2: there. No, that is true. They they do have the best deals there.
0: So there you go. List building under Age of Sigmar. Adam, thanks for coming on. Mm-hmm. You have been for the past several days putting models together, doing a lot of painting. You're probably going to be ready to get these suckers to the table and play a game
2: soon. I'm close to halfway. (laughs) Close to halfway. (laughs) Well, I've got all the ogres assembled and I'm in the process of painting the bone reapers I'm still working on, but
1: uh, it'll get there. Nice. It'll get there. Nice. All
0: right. Well, thanks, Adam.
1: No problem. So episode number 184, Enter the Sandman, is coming to an end. I know y'all are tired of hearing about food. Matter of fact, Marty and I probably haven't eaten in about three hours here at Mega Moose Con. We probably need to get something No,
0: else. no, 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 no. You ate about an hour
1: and a half ago when you had that bag of m and Oh, that's right. Well, dessert never counts. <laughs> wow.
0: I wish. Yeah. Tell I, my waist that.
1: Yeah. So, But I'm going to mention a success story. Okay, please. I like success stories. I know. So uh, we mentioned a while back a gentleman, Doug Hetrick, H-E-T-T- H-E-T-T-R-I-C-K. H-E-T-T-R-I-C-K. My buddy Doug. He contacted us about a game that he got on Kickstarter called Kapow. Mm-hmm.
0: That was the superhero th- or the dice, comic
1: book hero theme game, right? Right, where you're going in and you are creating dice to create their special powers so that you can roll. Like and
0: creating, like actually putting sides, sides or little them. tiles mm-hmm.
1: on like... Uh, dice Forge. Yeah. And so you're doing that, and you're doing one of my favorite things. Rolling Dice. Don't say in taking names. It's not that time yet. And take. oh, it's not Not, the outro. Not the outro time. He created that. He sent us a copy. We played it. Um, I donated it to our local uh, Caroline Tabletop game so other people could get a play in. And I'm happy to report that White Wizard has picked that up.
0: So White Wizard Games, who does Star Realms and recently, Sorcerer that we
1: just covered has now picked up Kapow? That is correct. Doug has gotten Kapow to White Wizard Gaming. That means it's going to be able to get a lot more distribution. Doug, congratulations on that. One of the things I hope this will give him the opportunity to do is be able to maybe create some more superheroes. Mm. Get a, maybe just one more ex, uh, a minor expansion. Just get a few more people out there because, you know, there's something about whenever you have a, a game like this where you have individuals, you're battling, you always want to say, well, what's new powers that I can use? What's something else that I can do? So maybe two, three, four. I hope, I hope they do that for them. Or maybe they'll take the game and even, you know, it has some great components, but they, they can elevate it even more. And I think this is a perfect fit with
0: White Wizard games because again when you're talking about two player games and, and uh, they're two player card games like Star realms and stuff, it, it's a lot of fighting, take that, try to beat each other down. So it's in that same theme, same mechanic, but instead of cards that uh, you're using dice. So I think it's it's a great uh, an arrangement relationship between those two entities because Capal totally makes sense with that publishing company. That's amazing. That's that's great. And you
1: actually talked to him at the Secret Cabal meetup at Gen Con, right? Yeah, he reached out to me, and I really appreciate it. So, Doug, keep it up. happy for you, man. That is awesome that you'll be able. To, if you did not get a chance to play Kapow, now you'll get the chance and be, uh, if you won't, go back and listen to an episode where we did it and I haven't pulled it up because I don't have any Wi-Fi here in this green room.
0: And I believe they're going to be coming out with like a a new version, updated version It's going to be coming out in 2020. Uh, White Wizard will be. So, again, congrats and uh, be looking for a version of Kapow coming out from White Wizard Games in 2020. That's it for me. Well, you got anything else? I don't have anything else, man. Uh, No, because I am a a beat. Uh, We have been up for a while and uh, all we We've done really all day is sit on our butts and eat, yeah. So I'm feeling kind of blah right now. Mm,
1: yeah, it's yeah. getting
0: late here at Mega Moose Con. We're gonna have to get out of here. And thanks again to uh, Mark for hosting us this year. Uh, we love working with him. Mark is from the uh, the guy from our Scurry Report. Uh, this is our third year being at Mega Moose Con. He's already picked out dates for next year. It's going to be earlier next year. He had to move it into October this year because the convention center was remodeling, and and this was the only time he could get it. But I think he's going to go back to like a September time frame next year. So we'll let, uh, definitely let you know when he picks a date for that because we want you to come down. We had a lot of our listeners here hanging out with us and, and wearing our shirts, surprisingly, mm-hmm. which was nice. So thank yeah. you to all them that did that, Chris and Angel and Kent
1: and yeah. Bert and – I uh, know, and uh, Roy came down from Epic. Roy, game. F- Roy from uh, Dice Tower. Dice Tower, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dice Tower. He was here. That was great for him. We got to see a lot of good friends. It was great for him. It was great for us. Great for us to got, see him. We got to see Nate's uh, new game. Uh, I hate I didn't get the chance to play it. Op, OP Arena. Arena, and we actually have a card in there. Yes, we do. The two-headed Eton is based on our
0: likenesses. Mm, yeah,
1: I still have yet to see it. You haven't? Yeah, he um, posted a picture of it over in the Slack channel.
0: Oh, I need to go back and look at it. Yeah, so So, so there, I need to get a we need to get a copy of that game because it's like a s- first time that's ever
1: happened to us. I got to see the production copy of Silver River. Oh, nice Nate. from Nate. That's nice. That's yep. nice. So, uh, it's looking good for those of you who backed it. Uh, looking forward to hopefully getting a play of that in time and soon. And more than anything, I can't wait to keep rolling dice and taking names. Once again, if you
0: want to come and talk about anything that you want in our guild over 1589, even if it's not games, in fact, we don't even really expect it to be games. And if you want to join our Slack channel, you can do that by contributing to us over at our Pod Pledge page, which is on our website. And we would greatly appreciate that. Thanks to all those who've supported us so far. I haven't got official word for miniature market but typically they run a Black Friday sale. So they always had this big Black Friday sale where you can get a lot of their organizers and inserts at a discounted price. Am I doing miniature market or broken token? You should be doing miniature market. I was totally thinking broken token the whole time. (laughs) That's why I said organizers.
1: Brokentoken.com They've got your organizer that you need for that game. Matter of fact, when we were at Megan MooseCon, I saw somebody open up a game and he was like, oh man, they didn't even have baggies in that game. There were cards everywhere and little chits laying out in this game you had to organize <laughs> you, you had to be careful when you yeah, said you went chits because uh, you know I was thinking about it last time when you had to bleep me out oh so, uh, yeah I did yeah, yeah it
0: was like people were like what, what is going on here? there?" so
1: but over at the Broken Token you can get those organizers for your games you can get very nice game trays whatever you need they've got it all plus they've got a whole bunch of other stuff for role-playing games to set up they've got um some additional coinage if you want to bling out your games a little bit and one of the things after i cleaned out my closet i was able to repurpose some of the board game bands that hold your board yes boards.
0: oh i forgot about those they make those too which are nice those are for, very nice you your the top of the box together
1: on yeah. the so when you stand them Box. up vertically, they're yeah. not—they're compressing down. Uh, oh yeah, that's a clap. Um, so that's—that's like <laughs> that's yeah, uh, the brokentoken.com. Oh. We're punchy and we're out.